Hey everyone and welcome to the episode 11 of the e-learning guys. My name is Nate Jorgadulmin and I'm joined by Mr. David Charney. Hello Nate, hello everyone. Hello sir, how are you? Uh, never better, how are you doing? Also never better, quite, quite fine. Uh, although many people are super sick everywhere, uh, I'm okay. So yeah, uh, knock on wood if that would work, so yeah. Yeah, that time of year, I, uh, I I know a lot of people have been getting over something, and somehow I haven't uh, picked it up yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, me and my wife are uh, using the old grandpa's cough medicine medicine, so uh, that works just fine, you know, for the sore throat. Very good. Yeah, I just kind of locked myself in the basement. <laughs> no one can get to me. I'll stay healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, X days in review. I have uh, something I found in Storyline 360, and it's a lovely bug. I had a simple, super, super simple drag-and-drop interaction. And, you know, it was one of those where I did not need the freeform uh, to convert, convert to freeform. I did not need to do that. And I just, you know, added added the triggers, you know, just change the state when object dropped on other object and I click preview and when I try to drag it was a box with the text when I try when I start dragging the box can you guess what happened I don't have a clue <laughs> the text disappeared so you ah, you dropped as an a feature. empty empty uh, uh, box in in the drop target yeah, so, and that happened with all of them. Hmm. Yeah, it was really, and you know, it was one of the last things I had to do for this project. And it was <laughs> really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did it do that in the uh, preview and HTML output? Uh, yes, yes. I did uh, export and I think it did the same. Um, I just saw that, um, well, I have to try something else apparently because this is, you know, giving me headaches. Then I, guess what I did? Convert it to freeform. And uh, yeah, then it worked fine. So I'm not 100% sure if, well, that worked, that that fixed it. So I'm not really sure if, if there may be, there's another element here because, you know, when you, the drop correct had a image, you know, check mark image there. And I know I move. I moved that a bit when I converted to freeform, so can't really say exactly what caused it. But there's apparently a huge bug here because this is this is a big issue, you know, uh, and it's not some edge case. Uh, so yeah, I, I have to report this. I'll, I'll make a short recording. I'll send the file because I have the previous broken versions also. And yeah, I I, I hope the articulate guys uh, are gonna be able to locate that and fix it because. You know, I totally felt like, yeah, version 1.0, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, something's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'd love to see that video once you uh, create it. Yeah, yeah, I just have to go, go, go back a few versions and s check again, and I'll delete other slides and maybe just change the text because uh, it's NDA stuff. And then, yeah, mm, you, can, mm -hmm. you can see it. It's no problem. Yeah, so that was fun. And another... Really, not sarcastically, fun thing was uh, something I saw on Twitter 30 minutes ago, and I shared it quickly with you, and it's a vertically 
vertically scroll image with a slider a blog post by Michael Hins, and it's a really really neat idea. So what he created was a uh, you know typical scroller that goes up and down that we know from you know <laughs> computers and stuff, and <laughs> right. it moves it moves a picture up and down because it's a uh, like if you have a, v- a very tall picture and it, it goes over the screen, you can just look at it by dragging the you know slider down and picture goes up. You know, the typical slider movement. Uh, and he did that with a very, very nice trick. Again, using sliders as it's an ongoing topic here. So he has a slider on the right side. And on the left side, the image is a thumb of another slider. And the main thing is that you use the same variable for both sliders. However, when you drag the slider down, the picture should go up. So the trick is to reverse one of the sliders um, and set the starting point of the other slider to, uh, so to, let's say, 999. So it's, in, so it's, it's reversed and also it starts from the other side. So because you have the same variable, once you start moving the slider, one will go up and one will go down because the you know that's the the variable uh, number will the variable will change because you're moving a slider and the thumb will move and the thumb is the whole image and image goes up and down and it's a really simple trick and it works flawlessly and he did it I think he said that the settings was um, he really did a lot of you know steps he he had steps slider settings zero. Point zero one, so the lowest one you can have, and the highest I think it was like nine thousand and ninety nine. Uh, so the movement is really, really smooth. It's like all the pixels you have available there, and uh, you know, David, you tried it, so you can confirm it is smooth and it's a really nice trick. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. I and you had not told me how it, it worked. I didn't have time to look up how it works, so I'm just hearing how it works and. Uh, Brilliant, simple idea, and I, I, I love brilliant, simple ideas. Makes a lot of sense. Totally, because also, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's an elegant solution, you know, and you don't need a bunch of millions of triggers to move that thing. So, yeah, fantastic solution. I love it. I love it. We link to this uh, great example in the show notes, and the show notes can be found at theelearningguys.com/slash eleven. Okay, our main topic today is the look back. We're going to take a trip down the memory lane. I wanted to say that for a long time. Talk about how the you know technology and all the e-learning things we are doing changed over the last decade or even more. Uh, and maybe we can, we can start at the very, very, very beginning with the... Our first computers. So, Dave, what was your first computer? And I have no idea. We have not spoken about this beforehand, so I'm really interested uh, to hear what what it was. Uh, our first computer. It was a 286. It was a PC 286. Uh, and I think there was an 80. What is it? 80 80 laptop somewhere. It was like the first laptop that had a battery in it or something that you could take out. Some old thing. It's actually sitting on the desk at work. We joke that interns would sit there. But yeah, um, yeah, my real first computer was a 286 with like 
DOS, I guess. It would be DOS, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's DOS. So th- this was also the first computer that you used, or maybe, you know, uh, someone else in the family had it had something before 286? Uh, n- no, like, in school we had, like, Apple IIs, you know, um, where, because I guess Apple, like, I don't know if they donated or they, they, anyway, the schools had a lot of Apple IIs, and so we had paint programs in there. That was probably the first computer I used, mm-hmm. but the first computer I had that I could really kind of start playing on was a, um, was a, uh, 286, a really slow, well, <laughs> not at the time, it was super fast. <laughs> yeah. um, you, when you press the turbo button. And yeah, so that, that was the first computer. Yeah, it had a okay. hard drive in it. Yeah, it was smooth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I have a even older computer, and it was my father's ZX Spectrum, if you ever heard about that one. Uh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. And uh, it used tapes, so you mm-hmm. loaded, the, usually in my case, a game from a tape, which is super funny, you know. <laughs> Actually, you know, it used uh, audio to transmit bits, uh, and then you loaded the game and you played until the computer was turned off, and then it was, you know, just gone from the memory. Um, so, yeah, that was the first one, and it... it he must have gotten it some sometime in the eighties, yeah. And then, uh, then yeah, then he went to two eighty six, and we, me and my brother, played on that thing for for years, yeah. <laughs> so and and the screen was uh, actually you could hook it up to the TV, but he had a he had he he bought a monitor because the TV you know was 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 for watching TV, uh, uh-huh. and monitor was. Uh, green black version yep yep i i I recall those very well we we had a lot of those and i remember in school like when i was in high school all the computer you none of them had a hard drive you had to put the you had to put the um uh diskette uh yes yeah i've even forgotten the name of the things (laughs) i've got a big box of them somewhere around here (laughs) yeah I, I, i should go through that sometime but yeah you'd have to put that in so there was some program it would launch um it's come a long way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's jump to, I guess, uh, early 2000s. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when that was. Yeah, early 2000s. I don't know what I had then, but uh, early 2000s. I was in college then, so I had a lot more stuff that yeah, I could yeah. uh, tinker with because I was in a computer graphics technology. Uh, that was the degree. And so we had a lot of uh, pretty good computers at the time and software and even some early like um, motion capture suits and stuff. I I, I never saw that uh, in person, just on in, in in you know videos. Yeah, they in that case it was you know you could put it on and because the degree was a lot with a lot to do with three D and video and mm-hmm. and it wasn't about e learning at the time. It was more about building websites and building um, uh, stuff for. TV and movies and effects and stuff. And so I, I'm glad I went through that course because I've, I've been able to incorporate almost all that into e-learning. Yeah. But um, it, was, it was great having, at least knowing, you know, having done a little bit of it, I, I feel much more comfortable about, you know, f- trying to figure out ways to do things now with some of that, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually similar because mine was what's called, what's called Multimedia Academy. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, we also did a bunch of you know different things. You you ha- actually didn't learn anything in detail, but you know you got to know it. You know what it was used for, how you could use it in your projects, and so on. So all the details. Also, we also had uh, for three D. I think it was Maya or maybe three D S Max. I don't remember. And then also some Flash, and you know Photoshop, uh, and then. And even some project management things, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those Gantt charts. So, yeah, yep. all of these little things that maybe yep. didn't seem so uh, important at the time. But then when you look back, you know, there are foundations for actually, I guess, for what we do today. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I even feel like there's a little bit of a gap uh, as well. You know, I think I know back then Flash uh, animations were really popular mm-hmm. and while fun funny you know you, you can tell a good story through those things and i think right now i think there was as flash kind of died out and html5 started to show up and become more available uh i think there was a the, and there still is a little bit of a gap in what's the best uh approach to developing some of those things in something like that you know Right now, we do a lot of that stuff in like After Effects, and we have to output that, and it's a little bit more of a procedure. Mm-hmm. But uh, learned a lot uh, having those tools available to us. Yep, yep. Okay, so I guess uh, soon after that, we jumped into e-learning. <laughs> e-learning. Yeah, so tell me about your first e-learning project. Yeah, what was my first e-learning project? Um, I was doing e-learning stuff before anyone was calling it e-learning you know it was about presenting information and presentations and product information and stuff but it was always kind of like you said multimedia based um so a, a number of it was i don't i i don't remember these specific projects um but i i know that some of them were for like medical products and we'd have to come up with ways that you could kind of explore those products rotate them around and kind of you know fake 3D so someone could feel a little bit more hands-on with them. Um, those were some of the first projects that I, I felt were more like what I do today that, that were e-learning-based, educational-based. Mm-hmm. How, about, how about you? Yeah, my, I, I, I joined the company almost not, yeah, well, I, can, I guess I can say by accident because a friend from school was working there and I needed some help. So I joined, did some things on Photoshop. And then I don't know. I guess uh, I guess the the you know boss uh, trusted me very fast with things, and he handed me a project uh, we were working on. It was uh, uh, I guess you say a tender, right? When you apply uh, for a you know some some uh, public projects money thingy, is it a tender? Uh, yeah, you could say that. I, I think so. So, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we got that project some, I don't know, it was EU project or Slovenian government project, I'm not sure. Uh, but it was about, uh, it was for children, I don't know, low, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. And it was about uh, learning about Apple, but <laughs> not the computers, but the actual fruit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was my first thing. And, it, you know, you know, it, it involved uh Flash programmer and some crazy programmer dude that built a 
custom browser out of some Internet Explorer engine, I think, because uh, the thing ran in full screen. So you ran that, and then the content was loaded from our server. Hmm. Uh, and it included, you know, the full screen HTML, Mm-hmm. And, you know, images, text, sound was loaded by Flash. And, yeah, I was sort of a project manager of that. I did, I helped with some some images and whatever I could I could do in HTML. But other, other things were, you know, uh, developed by uh, people that knew how to do stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the Flash programmer, there, I, also, we, I, I, I still remember we had a theme music, and I still remember the theme music because I heard it a million times testing that. Uh, and I, I knew some, you know, music guy that uh, could record this at home, and I just told him, I, you know, I need something, something uh, for kids uh, with a happy theme, and he provided that, uh, that tunes. Uh, was it go ahead was it like uh what was the audio was it like legit like a wave file or was it like midi or something that was no he sent he sent uh a a recording on a cd so i guess it was a wave something but mm-hmm. it yep but it's i know he ha- he had uh, he has a keyboard at home so you know he just put out the melody with I guess synthesizer sounds, you know. So there was no, there were no real. Uh, I don't think there were some real instruments there, but just similar to MIDI, but better. And what was the software you said your first e-learning project? Well, this was it, but I, there was no big, pro, big software here because it was HTML, was it? Uh, more or less HTML. You know? And was that just uh, written using the tags and whatnot, or? Yeah, yeah, I think it was written from the ground. Uh, no, no, just let me think. No, I think it was done in Dreamweaver. Okay, I was going to ask because yeah. Yeah. we were, had to write a lot of it back then, but then when we could use, was it Macromedia Dreamweaver back then? We, when we could use Dreamweaver, we would. I, I think, I don't know when they changed it. I, when Adobe bought them, I think they bought them in what, 2005, 2006, something like that. So it's, um, I think it was still Macromedia then. I think 2003, 2004 maybe. Yeah, but I'm quite but, sure we had, so the, right on the, we had the Macromedia version. Yep. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think it was Dreamviewer. Yeah, I have some memory images flashing now in my head. Uh, so yeah, that, that and, and uh, talking about Flash, there was a really, I remember a really nice solution because uh, the Apple was exposed like the Apple was actually av- the avatar. It was explaining what was happening on screen. So, you know, we had sort of slides. You could, you clicked next. And then when you came to the, to the you know, next slide, the, the Apple explained what was happening and it moved the lips. Uh, <laughs> so that nice. was a really nice trick by uh, the Flash uh, developer. He created the movement of the lips. I think maybe, yeah, yeah, I think the whole Apple was the Flash object, not just the lips. And what we did, we had text files for each slide, and you would write the letters in there. And uh, the flash looked at the letters, and so it moved the lips that way. So uh, <laughs> you you sync it, you sync the sound just by uh, 
typing the letters and then maybe spacing them a bit if it was too fast, you know. <laughs> and that's how you <laughs> sync the sound with the movement of the lips. And it worked yep. great. It was amazing. <laughs> I I know. I, I had built a little engine like that in Flash early 2000, maybe 2003. And yeah, it was a little thing you could type stuff in and you could type in little extra characters to represent pauses and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I bet it was, I bet it had some similarities, but yeah, that's great. Uh, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's more or less it. Uh, and t- I know it was a few months project. It was not so fast because there, there were a lot of moving, moving objects. You know, I, I know there are some, there was the author who provided the script. So the flash guys, the music, we did, you know, the Dreamweaver things, put everything in test. And the other guy that provided, you know, this whole full screen interface. Uh, and yeah, it was it's quite a big, but, uh, you know, it was a great learning experience just to jump into something like this. It was great. It's a good experience. Yeah, sounds like it. I think I'd say early 2000s up to 2005, a lot of our stuff was, I'd say 50% online and 50% CD-ROM. Uh, and I think for yeah. that we would use like authorware and director probably most of the yeah. time. Yeah. I, I think I'm remembering back now I, we had a project – it was a skeleton, and it was for a trade show to help educate people on this, uh, on, um, I think it's an orthopedic thing. And so there was a skeleton. You could click the different areas of the skeleton. Um, but there was a really big display of, you know, you'd have a small display that you could go up to and interact with. But then there was a big mirrored version of it, real big, so people walking around the show floor would see it. And I remember saying to my boss at the time, I just said, is there any way we could like, you know, if no one touches it for a certain amount of time, the skeleton can kind of like raise his hand and look at his <laughs> watch, you know, that wasn't there. <laughs> and my boss ran off and told my friend who uses uh, 3D Studio Max if he could animate that. And <laughs> and that ended up in the project. And a lot of people talked about it uh, just because they'd walk by and they'd, they, <laughs> I guess it backfired because they would like not touch the thing to see the watch check it was a silly little thing but we're always trying to find fun little things to work into stuff that, that's great that's great i think using something something uh you know funny or interesting while it's idle i think that's very nice uh, f- for everyone because you make the thing that might be boring or just standing still much more enjoyable to see <laughs> yeah brings it to life a little bit and you mentioned authorware, so I think uh, I think the next thing after the Apple project was this. Um, it was ECDL, so e- European Computer Driving License was called, mm. and uh, it included courses for Word, PowerPoint, Excel, Access, Windows, and I think some basic IT knowledge, so like computer processing unit, you know. Uh, RAM, like the basics of uh, how computer works or and networks, I think. So that was a course that was built an, by an Austrian company in authorware, and our job was to localize it in Slovenian. So uh, I, I was again the project manager. I had few helpers. <laughs> Let's say little Nate's little helpers, um, <laughs> and yeah, so. 
we i'm not sure how we i don't remember how we exported all the text or, or if they provided it I, I really don't remember but we had to you know send the all the text to translators you know get them back copy everything in authorware you know to replace the text because there was really no easy way to do that it was just manual work just editing the content directly there and then you know changing the images or retouching the images because you know they had text on buttons and we didn't have any source files so you know just try to do some photoshop magic there um replace all the images uh, you know oh, uh, yeah and even oh man the the, the course included because, of course, if you have a course about Word, you might want to see a Word screenshot from time to time. From time to time, and there were many, many, many screenshots of uh, Word in. Well, I guess it was German. Yeah, w w the German version of Word, you know. So we have to. Mm -hmm. We had to see how we had to check each screenshot, and then make. A Slovenian version of the screenshot and replace the image. So you know, by the pixel, because uh, the the then the course was built. So the mouse came and clicked, and then the screenshot changed to the thing that was supposed to happen after the click. So all of that little things had to be changed there, and uh, that was quite a pain because um, there were so many. There were so many. So those guys did so many screenshots. And if it was off by even a pixel, you know, when, when a menu opened, you could totally see that something was wrong. So, yeah, all those screenshots were super fun to do. Sounds like a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was like half a year, just that project. Uh, that was crazy. But, again, uh, good experience and, you know, a lot of moving parts, you know, and also some project management experience and just seeing how... Just trying to optimize the process and everything. It was, you know, at the end we were super experts, but at the beginning it was, you, you actually we had to figure out how to do everything, almost everything, yeah. Hmm. I still, I see, I just went on Adobe's website and it looks like I see Authorware 7. Looks like you can still buy it. Um, oh, man. Authorware is the leading visual authoring tool for creating rich <laughs> yeah. media email, e-learning <laughs> e applications for delivery on corporate networks, CD-ROM, oh, web. Uh, why don't uh, they kill that? Okay, so you also did some in, in Authorware. So from scratch? Uh, yeah, yeah. We would build the UI and um, you know, kind of link everything. If I remember right, it was a way of link. Like you'd have to kind of link nodes kind of. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But um, yeah, yeah, we'd, we would build that from from scratch. And ours would always go out to like CD-ROM, I think, usually. And and by the time, that was only for a couple of years, and then we kind of switched over to Director. Mm -hmm. And then fr from Director, we started to put Flash in Director to do our e-learning e stuff. And then from there, it became just Flash mm -hmm. um, with some sort of executable wrap, so it would be on a CD-ROM, and then... And so forth. If I remember correctly, director, I only used it in school for the, you know, let's see what's out there things. And if I remember correctly, it was really meant more or less just for CDs, right? Or It was, um, it was really meant to output as like an executable, uh, like a self-running uh, program. And mm -hmm. that's yeah. what we, that's what we would use it for. 
Uh, and, and it didn't, you know, it did a lot, but it really, we could do so much more with it by integrating Flash into it. But then early on when we were doing that, it would you'd get a lot of frame dropping and and Flash, unless you kind of programmed it, Flash was not uh, time-based, it was frame-based. So if you're on a slower computer, an animation might take longer to get mm. through. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're always fighting against that because we wanted our there's always tricks to to do it the right way um, or to, to do it the way you, you want from a, for a yeah. quality yeah. Uh, e-learning program. Yeah, we we spoke about, uh, well, I said many times that, that, that they were wonderful experiences, but uh, let me talk about the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and it is connected to authorware. And... We spoke about authorware now, but um, these courses were meant for LMS, the ECDL, and you could not run them natively, you know, in a browser. You had to have the authorware player, and that was the biggest pain for users to install. And I remember being on the phone with, you know, some lady that hardly knew what a double click was, and... It it was like impossible to install that. So, it, it I just know I just remember to that time, and I'm so happy that now it's just everything runs natively in HTML5. You know, even Flash is not needed anymore. But then that, at that time that was so horrible because you know the course was quite alright, and I think it provided good value. But installing that was horrible and i think only the version you know for internet internet explorer worked and people used firefox and you know and i don't know and then and then you had the pain of blocking everything you know active x was blocked click here to install and no one saw the yellow bar in internet explorer no one uh it was just a pain i just remember that was the biggest pain that authorware player just oh so happy it's gone so happy so they should totally remove it from adobe site because they're just (laughs) they're just causing pain to everyone yeah i remember that and (sighs) we'd build stuff with director too and you'd sometimes need to have the shockwave player uh instead of just the flash player and yeah not everyone had that yeah yeah I, i will say even early on i looking back with flash and everything I'm still, I think, as far as, like, the way to come up with educational, creative educational, you know, approaches to, you know, presenting information, I still, I, I'm amazed, even back then, people were really doing kind of really cool things, you know, finding ways with the technology we had to to come up with unique, uh, uh, engaging ways to, to, to present material. I, I, I still, I mean, that's where I had started to get interested in that is because a lot of people were doing still, I thought, pretty cool things with pretty uh, pretty rough uh, rough tools that they had back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so did you, did, you, did you stumble upon any LMSs at the beginning? I don't exactly know when. I can't think of exactly when we started running into... Learning management systems, uh, you know, it's kind of a vague term. So, you know, or some of them are like, you know, anything that someone could like log in with a username and see a, you know, anything that we produced. Um, 
I, I remember I have vague memories of working with some of that stuff and like then I vaguely remember using AICC when that yeah. started becoming popular. Yeah. Um but yeah, my memories are a bit uh uh okay. iffy right now. I can't yeah. quite think of any specific uh, project. How about you? Yeah, I do, I do. That, that that's why I guess I asked the question. <laughs> uh <laughs> we were I guess we had some sort of partnership with an Austrian company who had their own LMS. Uh, and I know we localized that. So, you know, translating millions of lines of <laughs> one worded text. Um, so I, I think I translated the word for student like a thousand times. Um, and yeah, I guess that was the first time I met LMS and I, you know, learned about, uh, you know, managing courses and uh, how you add, you, you add student to the course or you add course to the student. I really remember that, how it, it can actually go both, both ways. Uh, well, in, in, in that, in the philosophy they had there. So I think that was, it went in both directions, which it makes sense actually. And then you add the mentor and you can track who opened what and when. So yeah, I, I totally remember that. That must have been in 2005, I guess, maybe six. So quite quite early, I think, in the really early days. So that was just plain HTML, nothing special. And, uh, and I, but I think it was quite good in terms of, you know, handling a lot of students. So I know you could import, you know, thousands of students in there. So, because um, I, th- I, th- I guess they were quite big in Austria, so they probably sold too many big companies that, that solution. But yeah, that was my first uh, meeting with an LMS. And then hmm. the, the company, our company switched to, we used Dokeos for, uh, for a few years. You know, it's an open source solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever, ever hear about that one? Um, say it one more time. Dokeos. I don't know how. Uh, yeah. Dokios. I don't know how you would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've heard of that, and um, and I think we've even used it a little bit. Um, th- I'd say that and uh, Moodle were kind of. I I see those popping up because they were available to people, and they were free. Um, yeah. Or M- Moodle was Moodle was used big time because of of that. Um, and and I think we we even had a install of Moodle that we used for for quite a while to test things and uh, you know showcase certain things. Uh, and uh, I also remember uh, in a lot of cases we had a custom program like calls and things to the LMS because I know mm-hmm. we had worked with some people that had built the learning management system mm-hmm. but hadn't built any sort of compliance into it. So we had to build all these complex, like, okay, when it gets here, we have to send this call to send the the name of the... User? Or the the, the, que- the question, actually. Yeah, so you'd have to, yeah, I have to programmatically send the user mm-hmm. the, uh, the course number that gets s- sent to the program when it starts. Uh, if they're taking an assessment question, I want to send the question number or even the whole question text to the system it was a whole bunch of stuff so it's uh generally easier now although uh sometimes when you need to do something really custom you still have to do it yeah yeah open up some program and program it yeah i remember that we had some issues tracking the uh, 
lessons that were finished by users exactly for the ECDL course. <laughs> I know we had that. I remember we had that in in uh, in Docos. And I remember people people mm-hmm. I I remember students complaining that I finished but there was no check mark. Where where are my check marks? There are no check marks. <laughs> yeah. And oh man, that was yeah. it's a, and you know we had some you know PHP guys so but they were I I I totally noticed that we are patching these open source things all the time and this this memory totally burned in in, in my memory um so i i am not on board with <laughs> with uh, free lms solutions anymore cuz i i want support i want th- things to run so uh commercial stuff for me please yep i when you said that i i remember myself being in situations where you'd start hearing from the users that uh you know maybe they logged back in and it still said they had to take a course and then you start to realize yeah. oh my god you know how long has it not been storing data <laughs> yeah you know and and then you'd have to try to well then ultimately you had to someone had to come up with a a, a way to uh you couldn't get it back so you just had to come up with a a way to let people know that uh their data was gone <laughs> and i'm i'm we haven't had to deal with that in so long i'm so Oh yeah. Uh happy with that. Yeah, I have I have uh I think looking back now how this tracking thing was really problematic. It's super fun uh, or 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 I'm super calming, super calming now that everything just works. It's really nice. I have no complaints about things not being finished when they are finished. So, yeah, very happy about this change. <laughs> yep. We have run into things along the way with with the like course like LMS course restraint size size restraints I should say you yeah. know where it's like yeah, I know we 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 can't upload a course because maybe the PHP or something in it is set yeah uh, we still run into issues like that sometimes but uh, they're a lot easier to solve quickly now I remember we also had the Moodle for some time but I personally preferred Docos and I guess because I was the guy who was managing everything, uh, I sort of, I sort of uh, had the, the last word about which LMS we were going to use, so we sticked with Docos. But I totally remember that Moodle had this limit. I don't know; it was like twenty megs or five megs. Uh, so my trick was: so listen to this. I I zipped the course, but I zipped only all the scorm things that need to be zipped you know without without all the other folders mm-hmm. so and i uploaded that and at that point so yeah the course is there like everyone's happy Yoo-hoo-hoo. but uh, of course the course was not there so i had the access to the server so i uploaded <laughs> because when you upload it it creates a folder so then i, mm-hmm. I through the through the i don't know ftp or something i uploaded the rest in that folder so that's the, the workaround i had there because the setting was set as it was <laughs> and right. it worked so it w- that oh that makes sense that's great <laughs> so maybe maybe a trick uh, you or, or some of the listeners can use uh, because yeah, the, the the because when you upload something, they, the the LMS only cares about the those few XML files, and that's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably saying, boy, this is the smallest course. The, the LMS is yeah. saying, this is the smallest course yeah. I've ever, uh, where would they even put the files? And then you've tricked it. Okay, so, 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 let me see what we have here. You have written also Captivate. Yeah, I, I used Captivate not a lot, but uh, I, I guess you did, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, we've, we've used Captivate and Lectora for years and Studio, Articulate Studio and everything. So yeah, we've, uh, we and I have myself personally um, gotten my hands dirty with all those programs and uh, <laughs> Captivate, we, I remember we had a, like a 450 module project. Oh. There were small little modules to teach like uh, math and science and uh -huh. English and all this stuff, and um, like a continuing education sort of thing. We had like 450 modules, and uh, they're all in Captivate and Flash. And mm -hmm. I remember we had to build it in like six months. Oh, so, man. yeah, it was it was like five a day. <laughs> it was like so. It was uh, so. What's one module like? Ten slides? Uh, like seven slides. You know, they they, they varied a little bit. Yeah. So. But still, to build like five a day, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, it's like a, basically we had to build some templates. We had to build a look and feel, get that definitely approved, you know, because we didn't want to go back. Um, no. And it was just like, okay, build it. You know, basically we were in a position where we would get storyboards. We didn't have to build them in this case. Um, and I think that worked best for, if we had to build them, there's no way we could have, because we didn't, you know, they were had access to the subject matter expert and everything. This me and all that, um, our client did. So uh, we were provided the storyboards. We had just a quick amount of time to review them, offer any suggestions, and then um, try to build those slides as quickly as possible. And then, you know, of course, there's a QA process and a review and maybe revisions. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of overlap, and it took it took maybe quite a few of them to uh really get into the the workflow and have worked out a lot of the the bugs uh of the process but um we did it i i looking back that's a that's a lot of modules yeah. to, to manage and to keep track of but those were all captivate and flash uh and how many but how many people did work in captivate on this uh, oh, I can't remember. I I was even helping a little bit on some of those, but um, a lot of what I was doing was helping manage the uh -huh. storyboards and make sure some of that was, you know, moving in the right direction. Um, and so, boy, I can't remember. Um, we had maybe six people that were focused, five oh, or six people. Yeah. <laughs> so just doing Captivate. Just doing, well, those those five or six people were just focused on Captivate. And I think Flash was used, I think Flash is where a lot of the content was coming from. So, or where we were building the content. So I think some of the template was within Flash. You know, this is the look and feel we want to have text transition in. This is the effect we want to use. So we wanted to get rid of all of that, right? We, we didn't want... The developer to have to make decisions like that because it would slow things down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they had to build the slides, but I know 
I know we ran into a lot of issues with like those storyboards. Sometimes it would, we'd get storyboards that would say, you know, man landed on the, like history, man landed on the moon in 1966. And it's like, mm, no, <laughs> it's 1969. Um, that's not right. You know? And so we'd have to like, because everything was being built so quickly, we'd have to verify things and make corrections. And it was just, uh, it was a quick process, but we wanted to make sure we were accurate and uh, that they, they looked good. So yeah. uh, having that process, those templates were so necessary or it, there's no way it was, it was very uh, exhausting at times. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. I, um, I guess the, the the most important thing there is just, uh, uh, I guess the old saying, uh, "fail quick," you know, at the beginning, so you know what are your mistakes and quick, quick uh, fix them fast, and then you're on a smooth road. Then we we failed as much as we could at the beginning, yeah, and then succeeded uh, amazingly the rest of the time. Yeah, I guess after the first, I don't know, 10 of them, you, you figure out all the, the, the things you didn't think about at the beginning, and then it's just smooth sailing from there on, I guess, just cranking widgets. Well, you know, another uh, storyboard thing I remember happening, we got a storyboard, and it had a story in it. It was like an English course, and so I don't know if we got it like it was approved, but maybe we got an older version or something that didn't have the final story in it. And so we had a story from someone on the internet or something like that. And the story was like about this person who he was dating this woman and um, he, something happened and he, he left her in the park, you know, and then found her. Then he realized he loved her and went to find her and couldn't find her. And then found her in a hospital and she and the doctor's like you know oh her heart is 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 uh not not any good you know which you know i I can't picture a doctor saying and leaving it at that you know uh, her heart's not good you know and so then anyway the doctor said she's going to go through some surgery so she went through surgery woke up and the um when she woke up she was like where's where's this my boyfriend or whatever and the doctor's like you didn't know it was his heart we used to save you, you know, <laughs> you know, like, like that was the the twist at the end, <laughs> you know. Okay, that would mean that the doctor had to kill the boyfriend for his heart, which that doesn't happen, uh, um, you know. Really. I just it was a. So I'm reading this story, and I'm like, we have to use this story in this e-learning project, <laughs> and then I I remember that like the the author was like panda bunny or something and i'm like that's not even a person's name like so i had to go back and say okay what was this was this a course for twilight zone script writers yeah i think so <laughs> I, I just remember you know we've got to we've got to build this course in five day, or if, in one day one person has to build this course in one day and the storyboard was so funny like the story was so funny i just i i had to keep going back to them and and i think ultimately it was like the wrong I don't know if we had the wrong version or something, but anyway, we we worked it out, and uh, but I still I still like to go back to that story because I, I've not even done it justice by this quick version I've I've told on here. Um, oh, that's incredible! <laughs> you, you never know what you're gonna get, but um, 
I remember too, you know, I thought it was really important to make sure the, the author was listed and that the, you know, I just didn't think that story was a good story to teach English, uh, you know, nouns and verbs and all these things. So, <laughs> <sighs> that's amazing. <laughs> I just, that twist, he didn't tell you it was your heart. You know, I just picture him going, doctor, use my heart to save her. And the, the doctor said, all right, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. No problem there. <laughs> you, know, you know, it'll kill you. No, nah, it's fine. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, so that happened. So uh, I think after, after that, we switched, uh, you know, after all the flash projects were done and uh, some years have passed, we switched to Articulate Presenter. And uh, with the, uh, you know, body apps, uh, Quizmaker and Engage. And I remember using that on a big, uh, big tender project. And yeah, I, I guess that was my first usage of uh, articulate products. And I remember then upgrading the, the I don't know how it went, presenter from, I don't know, 05 to 08, I think, something like that. was the, the, There was some upgrade. And, yeah, well, I, I liked the... the I, pref I think I preferred the presenter part because, you know, it gave you a bit more freedom because using Engage is... Uh, I guess it was fun at first, but then you just feel like everything looks the same. Uh, and Quizmaker was also a bit, I don't know, wobbly. Uh, but then, yeah, I, 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 for, for many years, I then only used Presenter and maybe imported a video or, or something or an, an, an animation. But just using uh, Presenter and trying to, you know, come up with tricks uh, that PowerPoint can offer you. Uh, but of course, I knew all the limitations there. So I was very happy when the storyline came along. But yeah, presenter was, I guess, my uh, gateway drug, you know, to articulate products. Yeah, same here. Uh, I think once we started using that, I know a lot of people, well, once that became popular, a lot of people just in business, you know, who, had, who have had PowerPoint for a long time, needy learning, mm -hmm. they would start to have us kind of convert it into a course. Um, and we'd always love to touch it up and... Um, you know, enhance it as we could. But, you know, a lot of it was, can you convert this? You know, I, I, I have it in PowerPoint, yeah. but I need it online. Uh, yeah. And there were other little programs to convert, uh, but but that was certainly the, 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 I think, the best of them. And so, yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, what, what can you do to kind of push it? You know, what can you do in PowerPoint that'll convert over? And then what enhancements can you kind of add to it after the fact? And yeah, and I just remember the the big project that was done in in uh, Presenter. I remember that uh, because that was still uh, in in Flash days. I remember we had a Flash programmer animator guy, sort of, who did these little animations because uh, the course was about IT stuff, let's say. So he he created an animation about what's a certificate. So we came up with the script and uh, he did the animation. So I remember he exported them. I'm quite sure in SVF files because they were quite lovely, you know, vector animations that didn't took, take a lot of space because uh, you know mm -hmm. internet connection was not so fast back then. And yeah, we, I know we imported those in there. 
which totally <laughs> it's, it's something you would not do today. You would use, uh, you know, MP4 file and animation would be done uh, somewhere else. But yeah, I just remember that. <laughs> Turning back to to uh, LMSs, I just see my my line here. I totally forgot about this one. I we also supported. Uh, we managed IBM Workplace, uh, so IBM's LMS, and I think the name has now changed. Uh, but that was really not a nice LMS to manage. And it, for me, you know, it, it's hard to come up with a parallel. I don't know. It maybe it would maybe be, maybe be something like uh, when you make yourself a coffee and you open the fridge to get the milk. And then you're scared to open the milk because it might be sour, you know. <laughs> that was me using <laughs> that LMS because every time I had to do something, even imp- uh, the importing of the users was not possible to do, you know, I- inside the LMS, but you had to use some external Windows app from which you imported users, you know, by, I don't know, click clicking upload or something. And every one of those steps was like, I'm just expecting a random error to appear and then having to go to my programmer magic guy that had to flip some switches to make it work. And it was was horrible, horrible, horrible. And I remember, you know, it was 10 p.m. in the evening. I was alone in the company. I was alone in the building and trying to make it work because tomorrow you know at eight in the morning the the people had to start uh, learning and ah it was i just remember the 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 horrible feeling that that (laughs) horrible lms gave me every time i had to use it and if i remember correctly after you uploaded the user by that external app um or maybe it, or maybe it was content that I uploaded. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, you had to go in the LMS in the you know uh, admin part where that content appeared, and then you had to put content. I don't know. It's it's like you move it from this upload state to a repository or something. And even that process was like, I pray to all the digital gods up there that this worked. And oh man, horrible, horrible, horrible. And even the front end was like really not friendly corporate solution, you know. So you would think that IBM would create a super nice solution, but that was just a pain for me. Ha! Hmm. So you didn't like it? <laughs> what gave it away? <laughs> <laughs> I've never, uh, never been so lucky uh, to uh, to have played around with that one. Yeah, yeah, you 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 can be happy about that. Okay, uh, well, I, I I think I think we can wrap it up on that super happy note. What do you say? Sounds good to me. Okay, next time I, next time we'll, we'll we'll return to 2017 and talk more about storyline. But until then, David, please tell us where can people find you. People can find me at Illumin Group, IlluminGroup.com for custom e-learning. Uh, they can check out eLearning Locker, eLearningLocker.com for uh, templates and uh, some of my videos, all things kind of eLearning. And I'm on Twitter at uh, Dave underscore Charney, C H A R N E Y. And how about you, Nate? Where can people find you? 
you can find me on Twitter at NEJCD and also on elearningbrewery.com where you can contact me. Contact me if you need any help with your storyline projects or even training one-on-one. Until then, have a great day. Uh, don't try not to find bugs in Storyline 360 or try not to stumble upon them and uh, take care. Yep, take care and happy learning, everyone. <laughs>